We did... I was going to say we launched the coolest thing, but I don't know if we should give ourselves credit because I don't know this that we was invented producer this. Chelsea's idea. Yes. This was not our idea. It's a great idea, though. Producer Chelsea had the idea to create the Hoko hotline. I love the hotline I idea. I do, too, whereby you listeners call in and leave a voicemail asking, telling us the story and, and asking our advice, and we are really excited to do our first ever episode answering a direct question from y'all that we really felt like was applicable to the season. It's timely. It's very timely. It's timely. We're heading into... The holiday season, uh, Christmas and family come together, and the way that sometimes you can be triggered by or pulled down by the people that you are closest to, who maybe don't understand what you are up to in your pursuit of a better life. Man, we had a caller call in, and she uh, is experiencing all these things, and I bet she's not alone. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. So let's start by playing the voicemail that we got from Jessica. Jessica. And then we'll dig into today's topic, which is all about how do you maintain your positivity, your energy, how do you keep reaching for growth when you are going into holidays with family members who are negative, who are sabotaging, who do not support the new person that you're becoming. So let's, let's listen to let's Jessica's go. question. Hi, Rachel and Dave. Um, my name is Jessica, and I um, wanted to share with you guys, um, I've sent a video just because I really think that they've really made me a better person. You guys have seen me, not they. You guys have made me a better person. Um, and I'm trying so hard to be a good person. Um, and I keep getting pulled down by my family. And this is a hard time for everybody. But um, my mom came this weekend instead of my sister and her family. And I have a four-and-a-half-year-old. I'm divorced. And I'm doing everything I can to um, be a better person and have this uh, positive energy when I talk to them, but sometimes it gets difficult. And my sister referred to following you, Rachel, as a cult, a cult following. She said, um, self-help, you are going to join a cult. And I was really upset because that is a good thing that I'm hanging on to. That's everything wonderful in my heart that I'm saying, I'm doing this for me. I'm being a better person for me, and I just want to strive to be positive. And so I hate that. I try to um, show them that I'm really awesome, and I had Christmas this weekend, and I invited them, and um, it just blows my face, I feel like. And then after a year of not drinking, I've given it up because I was on the verge of becoming an alcoholic. 
It wasn't one. I was on the verge of it. My mom sent me wine glasses. And her thought and excuse was, I'm just doing it because I think they're going to look pretty on the table. Now, she claimed she didn't know I stopped drinking. Well, that's BS. We all know that. I have a really hard time hanging on to that positivity when I'm reacting to that because I just want to keep my thermometer up and my confidence up. And I tell in my heart, I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to deal with that crap anymore. Man, she pulls me down so hard and I just want to keep getting back up. I keep running rise. I am rising. And Dave, I have to tell you, I did get a tattoo on the back of my neck saying, come at me, bro. And you know what? Screw them. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not being negative when I talk to them. But me, and it's just like, come at me. See what happens. I'm going to be a better person. I'm so joyous and happy. And I'm so thankful that I found you guys because you've changed my life, my world, everything. You've changed me. I've done literally a 180 because of you. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for being my rocks. Thank you for giving the inspiration to just be a good person. Thank you, guys. I love you both. I'm so happy that you came in my life. I'm so happy I found you. I'm so happy that I'm a better person because of you. Thank you for making me do the work. All right. So first of all, Jessica, we love you, too. Oh, we love you, too. So good. Uh it touches our hearts so much to get to hear the impact of the work that we're doing that it's been helpful for you. But the thing that I need you to hear first is that we did not change your life. You changed your life. Holla. Any great, incredible, positive, amazing things that have happened in your life are because you made the decision to make change you stuck with it. You were tenacious. You got back up when you fell down. All of the good stuff is because of you. You did the work. And the reason it's important to acknowledge that is because you need to understand that you are the one with the power right now as you walk in to Christmas with the family. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Um, so many things. I was taking notes as we were listening to the memo. There are so many things that I thought about, a bunch of different pieces of advice that I would give you. The one thing that I'll start with is I pay a lot of attention to the words that people use. Yeah. And there were a couple of times that you said, I'm trying to show them. You kept using the word show. I'm trying to show them the positivity. I'm trying to show them, you know, these are the... And so we have to start right there because what that word choice says to me that is that either consciously or unconsciously, you are... Is it you're trying to help them or you're trying to show them that you have changed or you're trying to show them what's possible? Are you trying to justify why you have taken on a different path than their path? So my first piece of advice is stop trying to show them anything. This journey that you're on has zero to do with them. Nothing. 
this is about you. And if you're in partnership with someone or you have kids or this is about your close, that close like nucleus that surrounds you and that does not include your sister or your mom, this is about you. And I think that you take control. I mean, you mentioned what we've talked about, the idea of being a thermostat versus a thermometer. You really take control when you are in control of yourself, not in relation to other people. Irrespective. Does that of, does that oh, make yeah, sense? For sure. That if when we were trying to change, when we were going through our journey over the last decade, if if and when, because I'm sure we did the same thing, we walk into Thanksgiving and we're trying to sort of show them who we are now, or, that always backfired. Uh, Byron Katie says, I'm going to just keep using this quote because I love it so much. She says, defense is the first act of war. Yeah. By trying to show them who you are, by trying to show them what's happening, by trying to show them why, you're already defensive. And I... therefore, you're inviting their opinions. You're inviting your sister saying hateful things. You're inviting because intentionally or not, you're putting – your growth and your change in their face, which is reminding them that they're stuck. Yeah. Well, and that's where I was going to go because I, like when I hear this conversation and we've had like to deal, we've had to deal with the same kind of thing. So like, I think there's a lot of universalness in this, but I, I was reminded of like in work environments, there was always a person who was difficult to get along with. And when you as a leader or you as a coworker, we're trying to figure out like, how do you crack this nut? The thing I had to start with was asking a question, what is it that they are going through that is provoking this response? I was trying to get connected in some kind of empathetic way to the motivation, the catalyst for their discomfort so that in humanizing a little bit of the demons that were presenting themselves, I might understand a little bit of why they showed up in such a negative way. And mm -hmm. by the way, it doesn't justify their being nasty. Yes. Right? I'm not saying like, oh, just forgive it or take, you know, let them hit you on the cheek and turn it the other way. This is like, if you can start by appreciating that your mom and your sister are hurt and that hurt people hurt people and that in their hurt... There's something in their witness to your growth that triggers an insecurity of theirs because you have found a way around some story of the family of origin and how that's just your wiring to stay stuck in the station that they are attached to negativity or believing that only a certain kind of life is available to them and that you have found proof of the opposite, that you've shined light on the lies that they've stayed attached to and now have seen truth that they can't, it triggers an insecurity. And Absolutely. So like, right? So like for, for me, I had started a place of, I, it doesn't mean it won't still feel nasty, but I like to deconstruct why the behavior exists so that I can maybe think differently about how to either inoculate myself from it. Oh, this isn't about me. This is about them. Or think differently about how to address it. They have a set of needs that aren't being met in this like like this posture of less that they are operating from. How could I extend them grace, treat them in a way that they do not necessarily deserve by potentially addressing some of their 
their need. They have a there's a there's a need here. Yeah, right? and I, I want to be really careful here because the more that we as humans, and I mean everybody listening, not just me and Dave, the more that you work on understanding what makes people tick and how mindset works and you know Maslow's human needs and the hierarchy, like all of that stuff, right? The more you understand, the more you can start to identify why the people in your family, the friends, the people closest to you are making the decisions that they're making, but it is not your job or part of your journey to explain to your mom and your oh, sister yeah. why they are acting the way that they're acting. For sure. That is only going to lead you to something bad. Ruin. It is not your job. Listen to me, sweet Jessica. It is not your job to fix them. It is not your job to save them. You are not responsible for what happened in the past, and you are not responsible for what happens in their future. You are only responsible for you. And if you try and come at them, because I can tell it's exactly what Dave said. Your sister is insecure. So she's insecure about her lack of growth. So she is saying that following us or being into personal development is a cult because she needs to make this something negative to explain and justify why she doesn't engage in it. Yeah. So she gets to say, oh, that's a that's a cult because then she gets to keep clinging to the life that she has. She keeps she gets to keep making bad choices. She gets and by the way, I assume that she's picking the word cult because there's something about the connotation with cults or what they represent to your family. I'm gonna take a wild guess that there's some kind of um, faith-based background because growing up in a faith space, the worst thing you could be was a cult. Yeah. So she's like, oh, that's that's what it is. Um, What's interesting, I read this article recently about this idea of cognitive dissonance where you are presented a set of facts and then you have a choice to make. So like the example is smoking is bad for you and you smoke. So like the evidence exists that smoking is unhealthy and you smoke. And so you have one of two choices. You can quit smoking. All right, you've presented me with facts. I'm going to quit smoking. Or you can challenge the evidence that has been presented about the unhealthiness of smoking, mm. right? And in this instance, right, you have adopted something that she is challenged by, and she has one of two choices. She can accept that there is something, of, there's some light, there's enlightenment of some kind in the path that you've taken to grow yourself, or your path is a bad path. You refute the evidence of the benefits that you are suggesting, and she's taken that path. Now, it's not your job to convince her that smoking is bad, right? Yeah. It's not your job to convince her that growth is a vehicle. It it may, in fact, be your job to silently through living your very best yes, life be the, the example 100%. of what happens when you don't worry about the opinions of other people and just consistently show up for yourself. And that's our story. Yeah. A hundred percent. When I went to my first personal development conference, Dave was like, Literally making jokes, cult jokes, like, sure. oh, what, you know, you did this or, but Dave would say things like, oh, you joined the cult, you're, you know, buying into the hype, you bought the snake oil, whatever. Yeah. And I did not convince him. I didn't even try. I just carried on living life to the best of my ability, reaching for a better version of myself for long enough that he finally was like, okay, like I'm in. Yeah. What is this? What does this look like? Like, yeah. what are you doing? I want to go see for myself. By the way, I mean, it took, it did take time, right? And so like part of this too is 
I had to have enough time go by where my, I want to say staying in the same spot, but really I was in descent, was exaggerated by how much you were growing. And the space between the two of us became the leverage, became the catalyst to actually ask a better set of questions about how these tools you'd been using may in fact be as much for me as they were you. And so your willingness even though it's uncomfortable to stay consistent, to be that thermostat, to to just choose in the face of nastiness to not let it get you down or beat you down, be someone who can be the light, it, you know, at some point maybe they'll see it. And if they don't, it's not your cross to carry. Also, let me just go a little like therapy session on you. And my gut says, I don't know anything about you other than what I just listened to in this voicemail. My gut says that either this is your oldest sister or this is a, a, a younger sister who has bullied you in a similar way to an older sibling. Because this tactic that she's trying to use right now has worked on you before. Mm. Think about it right now in your past. How many times in your relationship have you wanted to do something, go somewhere? It, it could be anything that she has used this same tactic to make you feel like the choice that you were making was wrong and bad and other, and it worked. You relented. You yeah. relented. You stopped wanting to do ballet. You you decided not to open your own business. You decided not to go out of state for college. Like, how many times in your relationship has she been able to talk you out of something using this exact method? When it comes to siblings, guys, so often when we get together, we revert to who we were when we were little. Birth order. Birth order. The way that we were treated. How you functioned, yeah. what your personality is, what, you know, it it only keeps happening. Listen to me. People only keep doing this to you because it keeps working. Your friends, your family, your siblings, your parents keep controlling you in the same ways because it works every single time. How I approach my own family and my own relation and similar things is I will not engage on why they're incorrect, on why I disagree, on what, like, I, we don't even go there. Yeah. I don't have the time or the inclination to get into an argument. I'm not interested in it. I refuse to give my energy to that. And so when my family says something or does something or and I just I'm in my brain going this is crazy town. <laughs> I I mean I interact with my family a lot in emojis. <laughs> just an emoji. Like thumbs up. <laughs> like I don't it's true. It is. No, you're because right. Because one of my Commitments to myself is, and I'll be, I'll be super honest. I write down every single day in my Start Today journal. I am at peace with my family. I write it on every day. I am at peace with my family. We've lost a lot of people in the last couple of years. Um, I've had family and friends who've been sick, and it really makes you hyper aware of what would happen if someone was no longer here. Yeah. And my promise to myself was I don't want to live my life in a way that if I lost a family member, that I would regret what our relationship was when they were still here. 
Now, a lot of people will disagree with this, but I don't think that you have to be super close to your family. Uh, that's not necessarily something that I have experienced in my life. I love them deeply. I care about them very much. But I'm not willing to fight and argue and put myself into those situations. And so my attitude is I'm going to love you. I want to be at peace with you. I want to be in communication with you. But it's going to have to stay up here at the surface level because when we start to dig down below the surface, all of this stuff bubbles up. And for me, Jessica, and I don't know if this is what you mean when you say, when you use the word show, is I can really quickly revert to trying to save people or thinking that I know what's best for their life or, or man, if you just did these three things, right? You guys think that I have ideas for how you can live your life better? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my word. Mm -hmm. When it comes to my family, I have all the ideas. And probably a big part of why I do this work now is because growing up as a little girl, there are so many members of our extended family that I want, I wish their lives could be better and they weren't. And now that I'm an adult, I, it started with doing work on myself and then trying to give those tools to other people. But I am healthy enough now. I have done enough therapy now. I've done so much freaking therapy. And Jess, maybe that's what you need to do. The answer is yes, that's what oh, you yeah, need to do. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, I've done so much therapy that I understand that it is not my job. We are all on our own journeys. It is not your job to fix them. It's not even your job to help them, to point out the error of their ways. They have to do that on their own. By the way, I do think, too, knowing yourself, your like strengths or your weaknesses, my strength as a negotiator or debater, someone who likes to get into and have an argument that I will try and sway the opinion of the person I'm in conversation with, that's a strength. Unless you are at a family gathering oh my gosh. with people so who have diverging opinions about a whole host of topics that just shouldn't come up when a ham's on the table, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, but it's, but it's real, right? Yep. And so I have to be self-aware enough walking into an environment where we don't agree on a whole slate of topics that if one is brought up, that my natural state would be, you know what? This is the one. Yep. Let's get the debate hat on. Yeah. I am ready to no. go round for round at the expense of having a nice time, at the expense of yeah. connecting, at the expense of keeping the reason for the season, like the whole thing, right? Yeah. And it's like just I have to almost front load myself for the experience of spending time in any environment, but especially at family environments where it's like the job here is not to win an argument about some kind yeah. of domestic policy. Yeah, and I think <laughs> – that's a really good distinction is you have to know what your values are and what your boundaries are. So we absolutely have a lot of things. We have, you know, our family on both sides is different from us in a lot of ways. And when I go to a family gathering or when we go to a family gathering in any side, I try and treat the family in the same way that I would, like if I was visiting a friend's family and like her crazy uncle said something yep. about anything, the <laughs> White House or the president that I fundamentally disagree with. But I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm not going to argue with Sammy's crazy uncle 
and I I treat my own family the same way. Like I'm gonna let I'm gonna respect the fact that you have an opinion different than mine to a point. Because we also have some things that we will line, red lines. go down yeah. in a ball of flame, not as an argument. We are not about to get in an argument. We're not about to go fight with people. But there are certain things that we're not going to engage with you and you will not be invited into our home if you act in certain ways or speak in certain ways. Um, the thing that I... I think we've talked about this before, um, that we had an older family member who used uh, the R word in relation to people who are mentally or physically different. And we had and have had multiple dear friends who have children who have Down syndrome. And because these people are in our community and in our lives, we know that that word is deeply hurtful deeply hurtful. And frankly, listeners, it doesn't even freaking matter if you get why, if you don't think that word's hurtful, doesn't actually matter. Because there are people for whom that word is deeply hurtful. It like throws me off when I hear, and I, I will not, you, you talk about your politics and whatever, but stuff like that, where I feel like you are hurting the integrity of other, like you're being indecent to just human beings, yeah. even if they're not in the room, I we're going to have... Cross a line like that, cross a line with race, cross yeah. a line with inclusion, cross a line with yeah. just we're about just, anything in that, in that and space. And we're not like flipping the table. No. At the, but... We're pulling somebody aside. Something and like have that, it. we're pulling them aside and we're saying, hey, this is why, and you can't use that word. And we definitely got pushback from our family when we started to do things like this because they'd say, oh, don't bring that political correct bull in here. And I'm like, this isn't politically correct. It, P.S., just as a side note, if you all want to sit around this table and call yourself good Christians, but then say hateful things about other ethnicities and other people who are differently abled than you are, like WWJD, Meemaw. Get a bracelet. Get a bracelet. Like, you don't get to, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but you can see how passionate. This is something that we have pulled people aside, we've talked about, and then we've had conversations where we finally had to say to some family members, if you can't respect this, we won't bring our kids. Yeah. And like if you can't control how much you drink, you yes. can't come to our home. Yes. You know, and that's there there are boundaries that you will have to define for yourself as things that compromise the safety or security of your family, the way that you are trying to raise the humans inside your house. And if someone violates that boundary and gets away with it. You have afforded them permission to do it every single time they come into mm-hmm. your space. So you have to decide what are the things that mm-hmm. you want to die on a hill for. Yep. Even if it makes the meal uncomfortable, there may be a thing that you need to. And for everything else, you know, like you're not going to sway someone's opinion on domestic politics during a meal. It, it is an impossibility. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Like just don't even wade into those waters. And if somebody – inside of the circle of this ham-eating gathering decides to bring something up, let it roll off your yeah. back or decide that you're going to have a bad meal and engage. It's well, like, and it's you a talk kind of a lot other. about front-loading and yep. setting expectations in advance because that's, you know, those are hard conversations that you have to have with family members, but we've had to do that many times over the years of well in advance of the holiday or the get-together, you have a conversation that says, if... Like, hey, this is this is this really hurts us, and here's why. And 
we're not going to be able to invite, you know, Uncle Joe over for dinner anymore if this is how he's going to act. Yeah. And it's so funny, just like as a side note, how many, how much stuff I saw over the holidays, especially on TikTok, because TikTok are these like short form videos, how many things I saw over the holidays of people in the LGBTQ community who were disinvited to family holidays because they had come out. Wow. Or um, who were invited, but literally I saw one where it was like they had to sit at the kid as an adult and they like put them at the kid's table, like things that the family did to to separate this person. And I'm like, how insane that that gets someone disinvited to the holidays, but your racist uncle is still allowed to be here. Pass the chicken. Right. Unreal. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I know that's not the point of this conversation, but I think what it it, it really all boils down to this one of my best friends is in town right now, and as long as I've known her, she said the same line over and over. It's her catchphrase, which is know yourself and know your worth. Mm. Know yourself, know your worth. Shout out to Sammy Cromlin. Um, Jess, that's what I think of for you, is you have to know yourself. You have to know your values. You have to know what you stand for, for you, not for anybody else. These choices that you're making are for you. And know your worth. Know that you are worth being able to have a beautiful holiday, being able to have a peaceful holiday. And that may very well mean that you have to remove yourself from situations because the people in your family are not at a place in their journey where they can accommodate you having a peaceful holiday. Yeah, right? for sure. The other thing that I would say is I just – I don't want to like leave it only in this sort of nebulous believe in yourself place. I want to talk about – tactical things that you and I have done because we have done so many things to make sure that we were able to navigate holidays where we did have to go interact with people who were crazy town. Number one. Number one, I remember distinctly a Thanksgiving where we were driving across, we're driving through several states. We're taking our kids through several states to go to my mom's house and like all the family was going to be there. And we were so hardcore. We did the hardest core workouts we had ever done in our life that entire week, like in holiday in gyms, like going on runs in the middle of nowhere. We were so hardcore to deal with the anxiety of having to deal with this family without being super stressed out about it. So really intentional with your health. We have in the car on the way to your family's house before absolutely prayed 100%. over what we're walking into, made a commitment to who we were going to be. Like, what's the energy you're bringing, Hollis? And you would be like, I'm going to be the most loving, whatever. And I would be like, I'm going to ask everybody a million questions and just like engage them and make them feel seen. And so we'd have big conversations about who we we're going to be. I mean, we didn't do this for holidays, but I do think that having a little bit of fun with pre-gaming conversations that you know are safe. Yeah. Like coming up with some things that oh when you gosh, hit a- so real. Right, you hit a cul-de-sac in the conversation, yes. it feels like it's going sideways and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, keep them talking. Did you see Becky on Facebook? Yes. And she had that post about that amazing thing with her kid and turn it into something that like gets you out of- the place that was, I mean. I, I, I mean, there's for sure, there's no way my dad listens to this podcast. I do this with my dad all the time. My dad is, bless him, old Southern man. And he and I have very different political views. And when he starts going, I am like, oh 
my gosh, did I tell you that Ford Hollis read an entire <laughs> book? I will. It's like it's like kids. Yeah. You know when you have a kid and you keep having to redirect. I will redirect my dad like I am his seeing eye dog. I'm like, come on, we're going over here, brother. We're going over here. Come we're going to talk about your grandkids. I'm going to tell, like, I will call with a list of 15 things that I know are safe subjects that will that are positive, Jessica, that will bring us both joy, yep. that we will not one time mention Trump. We will just talk about good, positive things because, man, you you have to have a plan. Yeah. I would say, too, we've had stress at times around family gatherings associated with time, as in when are you getting there oh, and yeah. when are you leaving? Yeah. And are you going to be in the night before or are you going to spend the night at our house? The more that you can get way in front of any expectation of you being there earlier than you expect to be or later than you expect to be, We'll just take one additional thing off of your plate, even if it means a month in advance. You got to let somebody down just a little bit by telling them, "Yep, we're going to be there." We only have two and a half hours, though, because and then if they're like, "Why?" You know, it, remember defense, first act of war. Just because we only have two and a half hours, but I thought that you were going to stay longer. Oh, I understand. And 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 you said that you were going to do grandma's hair. I thought you were going to help me dye grandma's hair. Because remember, that's going to take like three and a half hours. Remember you said that you're going to, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to make it this time. You don't apologize. You don't make excuses. You don't say nothing. Yep. Defense is the first act of war. People are emotional about how much time you're going to spend with them at Christmas the week before you get there. And I know we're doing this pretty close to the week before you get there, but for future family gatherings, get way out in front of it. There's less emotion when it's still six weeks away. You know what? We're going to only be there for this length of time, but we are going to make the most of that time. I cannot wait to see you. We're going to have those potatoes, right? It's going to be fantastic. See you then. Part of it too, Jessica, and slash anyone who's dealing with something similar, is this is a process. We were with an older family member recently, someone who very conservative and and definitely different views and is absolutely the person that I'm talking about when I say using the R word and just not really. And we were together recently and this person was talking about the LGBTQ community in a way where they were fired up about a story they had heard about someone being oppressed inside this group. And I was like grabbing Dave's leg under the table <laughs> because, I mean, if you would have asked me a decade ago, if we would ever be sitting at a table with this person yeah. who was telling a story and saying like, oh, isn't this so sad that his family treated him like this just because he was gay? And like, but, and I was like, who am I talking to right now? Yeah. And I thought, this is amazing this conversation only happens because of the 200 uncomfortable conversations we've had with this person over the last decade because nobody else in their life is speaking that thing. And like we have truly inoculated this person and it has not been pretty and it has not been easy. But I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, This is so amazing. And I never would have thought that would have been possible. Yeah. I do think too, like I, the the interesting, like the sending wine glasses in a season of not drinking. You know, people who have committed to something big, like stepping away from booze, 
to people who haven't, there's something, especially if that person is still using it here and there as a negative coping mechanism that feels like it's indicting some way in their not having found control. And so if, whether it was consciously or unconsciously, there's some kind of passive aggression that's being showcased by sending wine glasses, it again is not about your choice. It is about somehow your choice confronting your mother and her maybe still working through something and how she's using alcohol to process feelings. Or frankly, the other flip side of that could be really, because I think that some listeners need to hear this, maybe they just really aren't thinking about you that much. Oh, because that's real. Maybe, maybe that. It, so, if your mom is drinking, then hundred percent, I see the angle Dave's taking. The flip side of that could be if it's not something she's ever struggled with, she truly might not understand what it means that you gave up alcohol mm. or recognizing that you have a problem and you gave. You know, I even think of there's family members in our lives oh. that don't drink, and so when you gave up alcohol, it was like, what's I the big expect, deal? I expected a full parade, and I agree. and we have not had a parade yet. No, I Where so is agree. my parade? And I keep on reminding people like, hey, do you all know that it's been nine months since yeah. I had a drink? They're like, oh, okay, well, it's you, Tuesday. Because they don't drink. I know. But that's it's, why it doesn't feel like a big deal to well, them. Well, it should. <laughs> but I'm saying maybe that's the case too. It's just no, I agree. a lot of times we, we really are only seeing life through our lens. And it's very possible that she just really thought those were pretty wine glasses. It's real. That's so real. for what that's worth, the last thing I'll say on this is we talked about prepping yourself before you go to someone else's house. Um, you also have the opportunity, if it feels appropriate to you, to control host the holiday, host it at your house. Some of the stupidest arguments in my family dating back to when I was a little girl and it was my dad fighting with his sisters was like, who's hosting what holiday? And there get these like battle lines drawn of like, well, Christmas is mine and Thanksgiving's mine and whatever. And it's easy to fall into this idea, well, sister gets Thanksgiving because she's always hosted Thanksgiving, but every time we go to her house, it's abysmal because she's negative and stressed out and mean to everybody. And you know what? You just get to decide, guys, I'm going to have Thanksgiving at my house this year. You do not have to come, but if, you're, if you'd like to come, you are welcome. Also, you could have plans for a year that don't involve getting together, I, which maybe sounds crazy if you are Going in vacay. close proximity, but having a year where there's a vacation, where you're traveling somewhere else, where you're intentionally going to create a break, the distance may in fact make the heart grow fonder in this respect because of their maybe appreciating in your absence that they miss having you there for the holiday. And something that they take for granted maybe is now a thing that they can't because Man, you weren't there and they realize it. I just vehemently. Vehemently? Vehemently. That's very strong. It, that's how strong it is. Um, refuse to put up just because we're related. Yeah, it's zero tolerance. Zero problem. tolerance. Totally agree. And By the way, I felt an obligation for yeah. having to put up with it for years and years because I... Uh, I don't know. I had, I was in like the wiring, the codependency that exists in my blood, whatever it is. And the freedom that comes in appreciating that there are, there are conditions that you have to satisfy to hang out with us. Not like crazy high conditions, like human decency conditions. Like you can't get drunk and cuss someone out. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking like you can bring 
you know, crazy into the house. It just can't be let loose on full display. Sure. Like, you know, you're you're welcome here. We want to sit with you and love on you. But if you and breach... I'm, I'm fine for like jovial crazy. Oh, I'm I'm fine oh, for jovial I come, crazy. We have hardcore crazy up in my family, but they're like they're a good time had by all. Harmless. Harmless crazy, fun crazy. Tinfoil hat crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one of those. It's great. It's just the it's the negative, hateful crazy that Negative. Has no place here. The no pa- place. The pattern is full. I would rather, and I know that this is not everybody, but I would rather stay at home on Christmas and create my own, even if I was a single person, create my own traditions, watch holiday movies, you know, start a new thing where I do the same thing every Christmas by myself or with my friends who are in similar boats, then go interact with family that's going to be hateful to me. Yeah. Not worth it. Toxic environments are things that you uh, can choose to not go into, but also like it's a it's like super boundary oriented. You have to decide the boundaries that you are willing to keep and not. If you are wishy-washy about it, then people take full advantage of the fact that they feel like they have permission. So going into the holiday season, our hope and our prayer for all of you listeners is that you can maintain who it is you are, even when you go back into an environment that reminds you who you were. Ooh, we can make a t-shirt out of that. It's almost like I'm a preacher's daughter. You son of a gun. (laughs) I just want you guys to think about what it means to maintain who you are. Frankly, even if that means that you go to grandma's house and, you know, you only talk to that one cousin who's nice to you. Or if that means that you decide that you're not going to interact this year. The most important thing is that you know that you are in control of your own life. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming you are a grown adult. You get to choose. You decide, you continue to interact with these people who don't treat you well because someone told you or someone taught you that family is everything and blood is thicker than water and what, and it's like, no way. No, (laughs) I know people do not agree with me on this, but we have dear close friends who are closer than some blood relatives because they would never Treat us the way that actual relatives have treated us. Word. You can create any family that you want. You can create a new, beautiful ecosystem with people who are like-minded and support you and are great. You don't have to interact with those who are hateful. And And I I will say this, too, just because you brought up, like, our experience, Rachel's perseverance and unrelenting pursuit of continuing to stay focused on who she was and who she wanted to be against the backdrop of my mediocrity trying to pull her back into a ditch is the reason why I, when I finally found the motivation and some leverage to take control of my journey, was able to reach for a rope that she had been dragging, dropping into that ditch for me. So... The, the, you know, hope that you, you know, might have in this experience is that you'll light the way for somebody who's experiencing brokenness or struggling in their own journey to maybe through the model of you staying consistent with who you're, who you are, have a sign of how to reach for something greater when they're ready to take that step. We love you, Jessica. Thank you, we Jessica. We hope you have an incredible holiday season. 
I think you said you celebrate Christmas, so wishing you a Merry Christmas if that's true, or Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. If it doesn't work out with your mom and sister, come over and have Christmas at our place. Yeah, yeah, come on over to our house. Yeah, we'll see you then. If you would like us to answer one of your questions, send send a call. Call the hotline. It's a hotline, honey. You have to call. You're right. Call the HOKO hotline at 737-400-HOKO. H-O-C-O? H-O-C-O. That's 737-400-4626. And if you liked this episode, we would so appreciate if you would screenshot it and share it in your social media. Y'all listen to this information that you get for free all the time. So be a good friend and share it.